Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday Night Live. We've got Mike in here somewhere, but he's having a few little issues, I think, trying to get his uh, bit of gear connected. But uh, anyway, just to make sure we get a recording of the show for the evening. So I don't know if you can hear me there or not. Mike, are you about yet or are you still... Oh, I can, I can hear you, but my Bluetooth isn't connected. Oh, no. Nothing worse when oh. you can't connect your Bluetooth. It's because I've got another phone, right, and it's not a fruit phone. Yeah, typical. Right, and I, and I don't know how to drive it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying to connect the Bluetooth. Yeah, and it doesn't. It doesn't want to connect. Right. Well, that's no good. That's no good. So, <laughs> all right, you, you want to keep mucking around there for a bit, do you? Well, I'm holding my phone to my ear now. Yeah. Anything could happen. I'm yeah, not driving, so I'm. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I'm sitting in the cage. That's all right. You can just keep mucking around there while, while you go. So you've only not recently got home from a bit of a trip down the home. Yeah, but I went down. Uh, I went down Sesame Street for a bit of a drive. Yes, I did. Ah, back today unloaded. Yeah. That's a bit unusual for that to run so smoothly for you, mate. It, it, it's a little bit, bit, little bit weird, but you know, anyway, mm. the the week is young. Yeah. What can we say? The week is still young. It is very young. A bit younger for us normally that we'd be on a Wednesday night, but here we are on a Tuesday night. We are. We did so, We did telegraph this. Yeah. I did mention, did mention it in the podcast yesterday, in the pre-recorded podcast. Mm, so obvious, we would be early. Yeah, obviously this weekend where we've got the NRFA... Uh, AGM and conference in Shepparton so me and Colette are packing up the van, she's actually packing up the van as we speak and we'll be heading off tomorrow sometime but uh, so not being able to have a show because we'll be on the road and half the gear will be in a box on its way to Shepparton so we can try to do something down there, I'm not sure what we'll get up to yet but as in, in radio but we certainly won't be having a Saturday night show so, no, Saturday night show. Mm, so we might go Sunday, we might go Friday, who knows? Who knows what we, me and Yogi might get up to while we're down there. Mm. So, but anyway... I won't know. be there to supervise, so it's a bit of a worry. Mm, yep. Yeah. It uh, Work gets in the way of work sometimes, doesn't it? It does. It's not, it's not fun. <laughs> no. No. Sometimes, sometimes. Well, you see, here's the thing, mate, it's the M word. Mm, right. Well, yeah, that and mortgage. Mortgage. Yeah, yeah that's that. That sort of drives what you what you end up having to do. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. We all need to survive. Well, the other part about it is, is, I sort of actually have a job. I work for someone else. Mm. Um. So it it I can't sort of just say oh, I'm not playing today. So yeah, and. Uh, you know, yeah. it tends to tends to sort of leave a bit of a sour taste in the boss's mouth mm. if you don't do what you actually get paid to do. Can no? do, can do. So anyway, yeah. we're off to the National Road Freighters Conference. Yeah. There are still a few tickets available for the conference itself during the day. Yeah. Um, the dinner uh, is actually sold out. Yeah. So there's no spaces left there unless we have any cancellations, but you could probably register that. If you've got an interest in that, at admin at nrfa.com.au and Colette will pick that up and put you 
in your special little place waiting. Um, but so if I, if I sneak down there and manage to get down there for the dinner, I might even going to get a plate of sandwiches. Is that what you're saying to me? We can probably hide you up the back there somewhere, Mike. I'd come sit on your knee, mate. It's yeah, a lot of clutch, mate. Um, my knees aren't that strong. <laughs> <laughs> Are you insinuating that I might be a little bit oversized? <laughs> I might be just saying that my knees aren't very strong anymore. <laughs> do, I need to, do I need to check me truck and height? Do I? Mm. <laughs> Check your truck and weight, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is this an opportune time to mention our sponsors for the show? Is it? Why not? Yep. Yeah, Why not? Mine tonight. Some um, yeah, American honey. <laughs> just, oh, just a little you don't think you're a bloody alco, you know? Oh, look. Some people would say they know, but. Yeah, anyway. No, it is a time, a time for yep. to mention Rentco. Uh, it is. Great contributor towards us for the magazine and the radio. Um, if you grab a magazine, you'll notice that there's three posters in there at the minute and they are proudly sponsored by Rentco, Rentco Rig of the Month. Rentco Rig of the Month. Mm. Three cracking rigs of the month. Yep. And... Uh, if, you, uh, if you've got an upside down or a breakdown, or you just need something extra to help you when you're busy, mm. call 1300 736 826. Give Rinko a ring. Every capital city in the country, they will have the gear you need to do the job. Mm. Keep you going in those those times when you don't have enough gear to do it yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. Got a bit of everything. So. We're not sure where our brother Yogi is tonight. He's he's oh, across the paddock there somewhere. Um, yeah, hoping to get to Shepparton as well by Thursday evening. So be out trucking. If he had trucking, he might have to actually turn his headlights on. Oh, he will. He will because he's not. Um, yeah, not oversized either. So no. So he might have to might have to get into it and do a full day's work for change. Yeah. 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 That's it. Um, anyway, yeah. So, anyway, thanks to um, to Rentco again. Um, we do have a special guest tonight who was involved in a bit of a tunnel incident there in Sydney. We do, and uh, he'll be on at about seven thirty. I've also got a bit of a list of things. I did reach out to a few people today, or over the course of the last couple of days, trying to get their comments. Um, some haven't responded. Um, Simon O'Hara from Road Freight New South Wales responded and I have a, a written statement for him. Unfortunately, he couldn't be with us. He didn't want to be with us live on air this evening, but he just couldn't manage it. Mm. So he sent me this written statement and with a bit of an offer for the driver too. So mm. um, that's uh, that's something come up later. We've got a couple of other things to talk about though that I want to sort of get into in the few minutes that we have before we start. Um, I've had a few phone calls from listeners over the last day or so, uh, a couple that concerned me. One from a listener sort of reminding everyone about health and their heart health in particular. Mm. Um, apparently a fella that had been suffering from chest pain for a day or so, uh, working out in, uh, in the west there, in western New South Wales, is no longer with us. Oh, dear. He didn't take any action to to get himself looked at, and um, and unfortunately he's he's paid the price for that. His logic was, of course, that he needed to get the job done. 
and uh, he'd see the doctor when he was sorted out and when he'd done the job, but unfortunately he didn't make it to the end of the job. Yeah, well, I don't yeah. think the job's that important for anybody. Uh, well, speaking from experience, um, I've, I've been down this track myself, mm. um, and I can tell you now that getting in and getting it sorted out sooner rather than later is uh, is a better choice, and um, I uh, offer my condolences to the families. I don't want to name the guy. Um, I don't think that that's right. Uh, but just to suffice it to say that I know that this did happen, and uh, we really all should think about it's a it's a wake up call to some of us, I'm sure. Um, when we need to perhaps think about our health, not only our our mental health, but our actual physical health. And if something happens to you, like you start getting chest pains, you start getting short of breath, you start getting pains in your armpits or down your arm, up your neck or into your back between your shoulder blades, it's a good idea to go and see the doctor. Mm. It may well be nothing, right? It may well be nothing, but you won't know that until you go and get it sorted out. And yes, it might be bigger than being hurt, but, you know, any day you don't wake up and is, a, is a bad day. Yeah. Um, any day you wake up and don't feel fine is a good day. And we all appreciate that we make our money doing what we do and that it can have effect on your license if you've got to go and get yourself sorted out. But it's better to do that. Your family want you around. Um, you know, your kids want you around. Uh, your friends want you around. And, you know, I certainly want you around. And, you know, it's it's uh, something we all need to think about. Uh, there is a road back. I've proved it. I've come back. Uh, it can be done. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's uh, your life's more important than a load of grain. That's all I can say to you. Yeah. All right? Most definitely. Most definitely. I just got a message here, Mike. Apparently, mm-hmm. BP Cooper Street has sold our trucking life. Sorry? BP Cooper Street. Really? Hmm. So it's sold out. Sold out. Wow. So. Better well, take some more. Well, sadly, we're not actually quite going that far, but anyway, we can probably get them, get them down that far, eh? Oh, there's a bloke with a Western Star going down there. I know that. Oh, well, you go straight past there, eh? You got a couple of boxes. Well, I could probably drop them in a couple of boxes. Hmm. We best talk to them in the morning. Best, best, we'll best talk about that tomorrow morning. Now, the other thing that I want to talk about quickly, I got a phone call from a chap up in North Queensland today, a listener to the show, mm. um, who had a uh, close encounter with a caravan up there. You right, Ayo? Yeah, sorry, mate. I was just having a sneeze. I did turn my... unprofessional. Yeah, no No one could hear it. <laughs> if they could, yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, another phone call from a chap today. He had a close encounter with a caravan at the end of an overtaking lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, the, the old mate in the caravan wasn't wasn't very very happy and called him a lot of names and things like that. Um, look, there's there's three sides to every story, right? Mm-hmm. But there's dash cam of what happened and. Uh, Apparently, the Queensland Police Service aren't interested. If you can drive your car away from the accident, that's what's still roadworthy. Tow truck's not called. Ambulance is not called. Police don't have to attend the scene. Then they're not interested. 
Yeah, right. Queensland Police Service are not interested. Okay. So, so uh, although there were, in this particular instance, there were statements taken at one of the local police stations, um, apparently the guy with the caravan is out for blood. He, he wants to blame the truck driver for the accident. Mm-hmm. There's a long and sordid story, obviously. Truck was being limited trying to get past this guy, come up to him in overtaking lane, and all of a sudden the caravan can do 105 and he can't get round. And because uh, he got a bit of a run on him on one and got a bit of a surprise. But the fellow got up beside him and the caravan bloke really should have given way at the end of the overtaken lane, but he didn't. He decided to try and pull in front and unfortunately by the time the the driver of the truck realised what was going on. It was all too late. There's oncoming traffic. There's no room. We've all run out of road. And the bloke in the caravan was writing checks his car couldn't cash. And uh, So who came so out in front? Well, the, I don't know who came out in front. Apparently a couple of hours work with the buff will take the marks out of the corner of the ball there. Oh, right. So there was a, a, a little bit of... Um Hands-on interaction, then we might say. Well, we better we swapped a bit of paint. That's about all we can say. Mm. Yeah. What I want to say about it is simply this: um, we all encounter these sort of idiots when we're driving around all the time, hmm. and I, I do understand that it's frustrating. Um, in in any jurisdiction in the country. If you're changing lanes and it's your responsibility to make sure the lane beside you is clear, the caravan operator is clearly in the wrong. Mm. Um, if you, uh, you know, there's all these bullshit arguments about what the dots like and all the rest of it. <laughs> Simple fact of the matter is if you're being overtaken, then you're not allowed to increase your speed. Yeah. It actually says it in the handbook. Mm, well, one of the things too is, you know, <laughs> the old rule is that if, if they can catch you, they can pass you. That's right. So and the other, the other rule there is bigger than it can probably kill you, so don't play with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the other thing is too, they should be looking in their mirrors and see that if you've, obviously if you're that close at the end of overtaking lane and you're not aware of what's beside you, then perhaps there is, um, yeah, maybe a little bit of education needed on, on looking in mirrors and and mm. how to share the road a little safer. Like, it, well, does it really matter who's going to get out in front at the end? Um um, I think it's better off that one of one of them pulls back and and makes it safer. But you know, yeah, well, I will say to anybody that's in a car, caravan, Ute, trailer, or another truck, if um, if a heavy vehicle comes up behind you and he's obviously behind you for a little while and then tries to overtake you, you obviously need to slow up a little bit and let him go. Yeah. Um, if you if your life's that important that. Um, that, that you can keep doing things like that and put other road users at risk, then I think, yeah, someone sh- someone does actually need to look at whether you deserve to have a licence or not. Mm. So. It does strike me as very, very, very odd mm. that people sort of somehow or another common sense goes out the window when they get behind the wheel of a car. Yeah. And uh, Or a truck sometimes. I mean, we're not, we're not all innocent. I mean, I've certainly been a few laws. From time to time, while I've been driving, I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm no angel. Mm. Um, but having said that, I also probably, uh, I'm a little bit more paranoid. Like I'll, I'll, you, I mean, I'll change lanes when I'm coming up, you know, on the jam, and you see someone break pulled up in the breakdown lane. I'll actually change lanes mm, to get out of the way, so that I don't go past them mm. in the lane. 
I think one uh, of the one of the things that that every road user needs to to keep in mind that you know being on the road you need to be defensive, not you know you're not only offence all the time. And aggressive driving is normally what causes accidents. And and it may not be that you, you may not even be involved in it, but you might have caused it because you're mm. an aggressive driver. You see people zipping in and out of lanes and breaking. Oh, yeah. and you just see what's the point? And you. You know, 30 k's at the radio, they are still in the traffic with you. Yeah. Well, I, I saw a little bit of justice on the M80 yesterday on the ring road in Melbourne. Bit of a traffic jam there going on the ring road in Melbourne. My old mate shot up the breakdown lane. He's decided he's going to carry on with it all the way near the colder uh, interchange there on the on the ring road. Mm. And he must have run over something in the breakdown lane because he's up there on the side just before the colder with two left-hand flat tyres. Made me laugh. Mm, well, he might have run over a jack mm. from the car that... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he's run over something anyway, but that's what happens. Uh, I reckon that's better than the ticket, actually. It, it possibly is, because it might teach someone a lesson, but you yeah. know, it's one of those things. You just you, The breakdown lane's there for a reason, and, and it's not to be yeah. racing up the inside. So yeah. even if you're, you know, if you've got an exit that's only half a car at the road and and you're turned off, doesn't mean that, you know, again, why are you so important that you need to get there before anybody else? Yeah. Um, and then if you do happen to have a whoopsie and end yep. up like that fella did and you've got a traffic jam, guess what you've just done? You've taken yeah. any hope of an ambulance or fire engine yeah. or anything like, get, yeah. like that getting yeah. through. So this is where people just need to wake up to themselves because it'll be that person whose house burns down and they say, where was the fire brigade? And they're sort of stuck on, a, on their mating. That's right. That's right. Can we just... Can we just circle back for a second? Circle back. Uh, circle back to the uh, the caravan. Mm. A couple of things about this. I believe that the driver involved had had several attempts to overtake this guy. So what was happening was willful. All oh, right, so Right? Yep. Right? He's actually keeping the truck behind him. That's the, that's the first thing. And there's dash cam evidence of that, apparently. Mm. Right? But I think the most frustrating thing for the bloke that I was talking to was the fact that he got a churn-up from the Queensland Police Service yeah. and and, t- and told her, you know, if she's the professional, he should just, you know, um, suck it up, basically, and just sit back and, you know, do his thing. And old mate driving the caravan basically just got patted on the back and, and told to go away and with the threat that I'm going to bring your boss up, mate, I'm going to have your job. Yeah, right. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking with the dash cam evidence, if it is what the driver says it is, of course, Hmm. Good luck with that. Well, I'm sure if there's dash yeah. cam of the truck, the his boss would want to have a look anyway. Because yeah. if, if your driver's driver, if if it, you know, and I, you know, just just sitting in the middle here, if your driver's yeah. acting like the goose too in your heavy vehicle, well, yeah, you probably want to want to uh, yeah. pull him on a year too. But yeah, well, maybe the driver should have backed off a little bit earlier. I don't know, mate. I wasn't there. I wasn't driving the truck. I know I've certainly pushed it a bit hard sometimes, mm. particularly when someone's someone's given me the bloody jerk around with the overtake lanes. It's frustrating as hell, you know, um, when they do it to you. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the issues that I do have with speed limiting, that, you know, you can't actually get out there and, and get it done. Just do that little bit extra. Well, yeah, it's, not a, it's not even a case of just having that little bit extra. It's a case of what's safe and sensible. I mean, there are laws, right? Mm. If you get caught speeding, there are fines, right? We don't speed limit cars, mm. you know? 
We don't speed limit cars. We let pay players drive cars that can do 200 kilometres an hour. Yeah. And that's okay. Um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm afraid that you, me, and probably half the people listening to this buddy show now have done a few more kilometres than your average pay player. Mm. And you're allowed um, to do 100. And I'm allowed to do 100. Mm. Now, I mean, even back in the day when the roads were a lot worse than they are now and the trucks were a little bit less uh, responsive and, you know, we didn't have all the, the braking systems and all that sort of thing, um, you know, and I, I don't mind admitting, I, I used to get out there and boogie on the high plains and, and all that sort of stuff. Everybody did it. Mm. Um, and, look, if it went sideways, it was untidy, you know. There's no doubt about that. But at the end of the day, um, the skill level of the drivers was pretty good back in the day too. Um, I don't think that there's a reason why we couldn't have 110 now, at least. Well, I think Why can't we do 110 on the U? Hmm. I don't know. Look, it's an interesting concept and, you know, it's it's a hard one because if if you're allowed to do it, then everyone's allowed to do it. So is there mm. a certain skill set that one should have before they're allowed to do that? Um, oh, mate, the, the, the reality of it is simply this, and, and the logic of speed limit is completely flawed. Mm. There's nothing to stop me if I take it in my head wouldn't be sensible, wouldn't be smart, but there's nothing to stop me from doing 100 kilometres an hour through a school zone if that's, I take it in my head. That's right. Yeah. Right? So where's the logic? Mm. Where is the logic? What's worse, if I barrel through a school zone doing 60 kilometres an hour and clean up a heap of parked cars or I stick the thing in the scrub at 110? Well, you probably, in most cases, be better off in a scrub. Well, I'm sure the kids would be better off, wouldn't they? Mm, but the, the, I mean, the, the reality of it, the reality of it is that there's no there's no logic in the argument to me. Mm. All it does is create all it does is create problems like you know this clown doing 105 at the end of the bloody three laner, where if the driver of the truck had probably had a few more kilometres, he'd have had it done and dusted. Mm. Before, well, that's you know, true, before it was ever over. 110 as well at the end. So it's. Wow. Well, I've, yeah, I've yeah. had one play with me like that out on the new highway for, you know, more yeah. than 250 Ks. And just. Yeah. And even. And I, I would have even thought that this fella had enough knowledge to know exactly where to, to slow down to yeah. make sure that I was never going to get a run at a hill. Yeah. And would even watch me back off. And, yeah. Um, so that I could get a run at a hill before some overtaking lanes and yeah. and would actually slow right down before yeah. that. So, yeah. you know. What what sort of a twisted mind gets amusement out of that? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, For me, when that happens to me, when I deal with one of those, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the word assholes to do that sort of thing to you, I tend to uh, pull up and just have a leak and kick the tyres and... No, I don't want to deal with that shit anymore. Yeah. If, if you catch them again, yeah. you know, I mean. Mur Murphy's Law says that you pull over and they'll pull over just in front of you. That's right. Yeah. But anyway, it is frustrating, and but it is one of those things where if everybody knew, you know, the plight of one another on the road, like I, yeah. I, I know myself, we, we've travelled, you know, I've spoken about this more than once. You know, we, we travelled halfway around the country in a caravan with kids. Most of the time I was happy to sit on 80 or 90 k's. Happy yeah. to. Not only was yeah. the, the caravan more stable, it was better on fuel, the whole scenario was great. But it had the yeah. capability of doing over 100. 
without any yeah. problems at all. Um, yeah. So if if the time came when I had something approached from behind, I'd um, I'd speed up and call them yeah. the radio and say, as soon as I can, I'll get you around. So yeah. it's just a very polite way to be. So, I, you know, you can't begrudge people wanting to be out there in their caravan and saving money and not, not you know, sticking it all through the motor. But the behaviour of, of someone willfully, you know, accelerating on overtaking lanes and that, well, they're not trying to conserve fuel. They're not no. doing anything other than than um, being a pest to one another. So, But, again, it happens not just caravan drivers. I've had the same thing happen when when you've had another another B-double or something around you that they do exactly the same thing. So it's not yeah. it's not just caravan drivers that do it. It's not just caravan drivers. Oh, I'm drivers. not saying, and, I'm uh, saying it's just caravan drivers. Yeah. I'm just saying it's a certain mindset. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So one of those, like, like you say, or like I just said earlier, if, if they can catch you, they can get past you. So yeah. just, yeah. Just let them go, and then if you got to back off for a little bit, just back off and pick it up. Like anyway, that. and it might cost you five minutes at the end of the day, but you may not be dead. So how about that? Yeah, that's it. how about that? Mm. All right, I suppose we better get off and have a bit of a song. I'm going to try and hook this thing up proper to the Bluetooth. Oh, right, eh? You still? And because uh, I can't keep hold, of it. I can't keep hold of the mirror. It's not sexy, and um, we'll get this bloke on the phone. All right. Right, eh? We'll go away with a bit of the Clash. Should I right, stay? Eh? I'll I know the song. Great song. Right, we'll I'm going to try and get this work. Oh.
we're back, everybody. So, Mike, did you get all your stuff sorted out there or what? I, I have. I've sorted out this stupid non-fruit phone. Ah, be careful. Be careful. I thought, because I got one, because everyone's saying to me, you know, you always have a fruit phone. I had to get another phone. Yeah. So I've got this I've got this Butte Samsung phone because it's got a fantastic little camera in it. Mm, I do. And... You know, like I'm needed for photographic evidence, you know, for when there's like pigeons flying through sensors and stuff. <laughs> and, and you know, but you can't do a damn thing with it. It's got no, you know, I, I, I've been driving boot phones for so long, I couldn't even look the Bluetooth mm. up. But I, I Googled it and sorted it out, so it's done now. There you go. Well, Mike, we've, go. Had, we've been having a chat this week about, uh, yeah, as you say, birds that send off sensors and... We've actually got yeah. someone who's had a bit of experience with that this week. So well, this fellow I, doesn't really I, want his name mentioned on air, so we respect that. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. Uh, Can I start with how we started on this? Can I get the story uh, right and, and sort of get it out and kick it around a bit? Right, you go. First things first, I got a phone call from a mutual friend of ours um, yep. and, a, and a guy that I've had a lot of, uh, a personal friend of mine. Uh, to tell me about what had happened because I wasn't across the news. <clears throat> and he said, I've been speaking to this bloke and apparently this is what's happened. And I've listened to the story, couldn't believe what I was hearing. And then, of course, the story turns up on on the news, on Channel 9 and all that sort of thing. And um, I, I couldn't believe it. Anyway, my friend sent me sent me uh, the, this bloke here, the driver. Let's call him Driver A, shall we? Just to sort of improve the uh, thing. And sent me Driver A's uh, phone number and said, you know, I'd, I'd ask if he, if he was okay to talk to me. And, of course, he was, and, and here we are. So, Driver A. Yes. Um, I don't, <laughs> how are you going there, mate? Are you okay? All right. Yeah, oh, it's transport. You just got to move forward, I suppose. It's not bucket up. It's about to be. That's the story, isn't it? Well, it's like you said. It is. A, it was a bugger, but I mean, maybe it needs to be just a change a little bit for the next time it happens, because it obviously won't be the first time. But the birds aren't going to disappear. Well, I believe it's not the first time it's happened. Actually, now tell yeah, us I... the story, mate. Where, where did you? Where are you coming from? How, how's the how's the job relate? I mean, obviously, well, you knew you could fit through there. What, what happened, mate? What's the story? I was coming from Coffs Harbour, so mm -hmm. I was heading to the wharfs. So being on the bottom deck, I was 3.6 high, exhaust stack for 3.8. So just heading through the tunnel like nothing, no concern. And the funniest part was is we were went through the two first sensors and you get to the third one, which is just before the tunnel. And just as we got to it, the red lights come on, it started flashing, but it doesn't say over height. It just says incident in the tunnel, and then the red lights are on. So what you do, you stop when you see a red light. We pulled up at the white line, probably 200 metres from the tunnel, Not if, and yep. that was all. Then we all sat there with a group of cars and myself, and then I could see out the mirror, back up the road, obviously the other red lights probably another four, 500 metres away. They'd stopped traffic yep. there, which is obviously there, safety to then they merge them onto the harbour bridge if there's a problem so it was probably a genuine 10 minutes i see a guy walking down the yellow shirt and i still to yep. this moment was laughing because 
not thinking anything was me, thinking there's a rear ender in the tunnel and we can't go further till I clear it. And he walks down, starts telling all the cars something, comes out the million, and then just goes, mate, you set the sensors off. Like, obviously, something on the roof of your container has set the sensors off. And I went, there's no truth. I said, I can set the sensors off, mate. I said, the container is 3.6, the exhaust stacks are 3.8. You can see from where you're standing, it's lower than the stacks. And he went, yeah. well, yeah, but I said, well, I don't know what the problem is. And he went, the problem is, because I set the sensors off, it starts the wheels turning. And he said, you've got to wait till the traffic commander gets here. And like, and I went, yeah. And he goes, but task force are notified, high patrol, media, premier's department. I thought he was Jake. So five more minutes. Guy on a white Land Cruiser comes down, the commander. He was really good. He he walked up and you could see when someone's walking up in the truck, we're still in a line of traffic, looking at the container going, yeah, man, there's a serious problem here. And he goes, uh, mate, how are you going? I said, you can see that I'm way under. And he goes, I can. I said, well, do you want to get your stick and double check or we got the green, can we go? And he goes, no. He goes, I can't override it. He goes, we've got to clear all these cars. Well, at this stage for probably 15, 20 minutes. The traffic is chaos at 4.35 o'clock going over the Harbour Bridge anyway. And mm. no, nothing's moving into the tunnel. It's blocked. So they've got all the lanes stopped going in. And they then release all the cars, the cars beside me, get them to go follow into the tunnel, single lane. The cars behind, they start diverting. Then they walk me back up the road to the holding area. And I'm still going, we can't be serious. He goes, I said, you're the traffic commander. You've earned the respect of the job. And he goes, yep, got the height stick, can make the report. My hands are tied now. They've just taken it away from me. Like I said, well, even a black and white situation. And so we sat and waited because high patrol bike, they're all ringing up, but they're in traffic. They can't get to me because of the traffic jam. They have finally arrived. They then, instead of just getting out, like I would have and gone, hey, this is a stuff up, like, we just double check the height. You're good to go. No, on your bike. The whole measure. They start measuring everything. Then, as I said, uh, the bit that I'm disappointed. In, I don't mind the procedure of the traffic being stopped. It's a good safety mechanism. But when you're 45 minutes into it, nothing being done, and then you start the process of they want to measure everything. Then they don't want to tell you. Like, and then they want to take your logbook, and then they want to take photos of every page. And then they want to take drug tests, which is no problem, but they do it out in the public to make the truck driver look even worse. Why mm. cars are going past, sticking their fingers up and carrying on because they automatically think it's our fault. And all this, when it could have been avoided an hour or something before, like an hour and a half lost, I don't make the time slot. I miss my windows of work. I have to change everything for something that had no need to get that far in. I don't disagree. I believe you also suffered a bit of a. I believe you also suffered a little bit of a financial disadvantage as a result of missing your unload time as well. Yeah, I have to rebook a slot, so there's an automatic hundred and fifty dollar cancellation fee. Which, as I said, that's neither here nor there. It's annoying. It's just more annoying of it didn't need to happen. Mm. Like mm. if it was closed and if the tunnel's four four and you were that four three fifty or something that needed maybe to be double checked. I still had no problem, but now just the commander guy, and he was good, and as he said the whole time, he went, it's stupid. And I went, it is. I said, it wouldn't have bothered me stopping for 10 minutes. As I said, I think it's good that you've got the sensors. It does stop problems, but 
when it's something so black and white, why does it take an hour and a half to clear up? And then why has it become, I'm going to end up copying, they're going to review my log book and decide what they're going to do with that, which is irrelevant, but there was no need for any of it. It just should have been a quick reference at the, the stop sign. I would have looked, put a stick on it and gone, oh, you're 3-6. Mm-hmm. Obviously a bird or something set it off. Mate, we'll, just, we'll get the green line and we'll get the traffic moving. Sorry for your inconvenience. No worries, boys. See you later. Have a good day. So just to be clear, that tunnel is 4-3 four, four, four. or 4-4? Four, 4-4. Four. Four, four, four. So 4-4 four, four and your 3.8 at Six. the top of your stacks. Three, yeah. Yeah. So let's call it what it is, your 3.8 at the t- your Eight, stacks. Yep. But... Look, I know I've had, had it, I've um, dropped deck, so I know what a container it is. It's nowhere near near anywhere where it should be, yeah. height-wise. So all this disruption to the traffic happened because of a bird. Yeah. Yeah. And then it continued to disrupt traffic because of policies that are in place. Look, yes, um, you have to, to... To probably okay. crucify somebody if, yes. if they are over height. But a simple measurement would have proven that you weren't. So even the traffic commander in the area, you're saying, can't yeah, see, he, it's all over. He can't time. override it. Yeah, he can see, that's what he said. He go, I said, why can't you just get your measuring stick and write the reply, double check, it is 3-6, purely just so you've got a record of it. And he goes, that's what would happen, used to happen, but the policies are in place and there's no... So where do those policies come from? Is this the New South Wales Transport Minister? This is the New South Wales Transport Minister. So he gets notified as well. And as I said, the media knew all about it. Like Channel 7 did one as well. And I give them a bit, I didn't hear it. Someone sent me one and they comment about it. But at least one of the reporter, the lady on there, actually goes, I probably owe the truck driver an apology. She said, oh, I was in the traffic jam cursing the truck driver, thinking how stupid you don't know your height. And I've now seen the footage. And she goes, so it's probably myself and a lot of other people that are in that traffic jam for the hour blaming the poor truck driver that we probably all owe you an apology, which I thought was quite half decent to sort of basically <laughs> well. say, but I, I, I think maybe the traffic commander was the guy that put the photo out, because I think he could generally see the frustration that didn't need to happen. Mm. Did you uh, did you uh, get that sound grab that I sent you, Craig? I did. I, I watched that, yeah. So it's, yeah. It's... Uh, <laughs> we were going to try and play the sound grab from Channel 7, but we unfortunately don't, yeah. don't sound like we can. No, it, yeah. what bothers me, though, is in society now, it's not just in this scenario, we just have these stupid scenarios that can hold up traffic in in, in a major city. We see it all with, you know, it could be a mower or, so, or a motorbike broken down on the side of the road and it's tucked off between the the lovely wire ropes and and a bridge or something, yet yeah. they have to turn up with the big bumper car and flashing lights and and slow down the whole show. But what what's really amazing to me is that in this scenario, it would have been very easy to identify straight up that you weren't over height, so there was no issue, yet the Transport Minister of New South Wales has to get tied up in this. Now, as a taxpayer... Um, I think that's a horrible uh, use of, of of that financial resource or the resource of a transport minister to be worried about a bird that sent off a sensor in a tunnel. Oh, um, I mean, the traffic well, commander gentleman was a retired copper. Like, he's obviously earned that job through years of experience, and that's what I said. Like, 
you're there. Like, I get the first guy coming down as one of the, not the plebs, but one of the workers. He's just done what he's told to go and notify people. Got to wait for the commander. When he turned up, that would have been enough, and he said it the same. Like, he should have been able to just look at that situation and go, listen, this is way under, so whatever the cancellation is, and just put, take the photo of the rego and go. But if they've got the photo now available, that TV system on that bridge for the traffic is phenomenal. So as soon as the red light went, they could have had someone that's sitting there watching it anyway, rewind it straight away and gone, oh, no, there is she's a She's all good. She's, all, she's good. all good. Put the green light back on. Traffic would have kept flowing. There was nothing mentioned about the truck. We wouldn't have got the bad rap of whatever many people go went past me that day. And as I said, like even the lady in Channel 7 did say, I was cursing the truck driver and probably not knowing the thing. And like, which I appreciate the honesty of, which we've all done it. Ah, oh, the idiot. Like, she said, so it would have been. Every, and I, I mean, we were watching people drive past, sticking their fingers up, like frustrated, thinking, and that's what I said. Like, now don't, we don't need any more bad publicity. Like, I literally had nothing to do wrong. I had to back up. It was no need. And the bunnies, buddies, even at the end, the policy states I can't go through the tunnel. I have to go over the bridge and out Harris Street. And they watch on the cameras. The ultimate humil- that's the ultimate humiliation, isn't it? Yeah. And so I said, I'm going to go, go, yeah, you can't go through the tunnel. I went, still so after all this. What time of day was this? Uh, started at quarter past four, somewhere 20 past, quarter past half past four, so kind of a busy time. Mm, so imagine how many kids miss their dancing lessons and music lessons and swimming <gasps> lessons and... It's a disruption to people's lives. It's it's a disruption to people's lives. It it is. It is when it could have, as I said, if it was close in height, I could, like I said, if I had the 40-footer, like, up on the top deck, maybe you could think it would have been more, uh, maybe the tarp is flat or something, it's an open top. But I went, you could see, and, like, a kid could go, what's higher of the exhaust? Like, a lot of the cab overs, my other ones, they're like 4.2 to the exhaust stack. This truck's low because I go on the sites. Well, so it was miles on. <laughs> I did uh, send several messages out to people in the hope that they would come on and talk. I did send a message to John Graham, the Minister for Transport, New South Wales, and I did say to him, I wanted to what, and I quote the uh, what I sent to him, I wanted to offer you the opportunity to come on our live show tonight to talk about the bird incident at the Harbour Tunnel. The driver was held there and seems to me held there and subjected to unnecessary stress by the existing policies in place at the tunnel. He was treated poorly by New South Wales Highway Patrol and had to endure the taunts and treatment by the general public as well. He's now threatened with fines in the mail for potential logbook offences. He missed his booking to get the container offloaded, costing him approximately $150. You joked that the bird gets off with a warning. We will be talking about all this. There is much to discuss on this issue, and I want to include your voice, signed Mike Williams. I've received no reply to that. I did also talk to Simon O'Hara at Road Freight New South Wales, who, as I said, did want to be with us here, but unfortunately is unable to be with us here tonight due to prior commitment and uh, he did provide me with a written statement and this I'll read this out word for word it's only a, a very short statement as a result of collaboration between Road Freight New South Wales Road Minister John Graham Transport for New South Wales Industry National Heavy Vehicle Regulator New South Wales Police and TWU 
through the overheight task force, we have seen a dramatic and significant fall in the number of overheight incidents in the last six months. We congratulate truckies on this result. However, the type of scenario where a pigeon triggers the overheight sensor in the Sydney Harbour Tunnel is something that Road Freight New South Wales raised as part of its early meetings with the task force last year. Unfortunately, and coincidentally, at the same time this week as this pigeon, a truckie was caught with what appears to be a low loader carrying a container travelling in the same direction at the same time at approximately 3.9 metres in height, well below the tunnel limit, but unfortunately triggering the tra- tunnel sensors and causing traffic to stop because of the pigeon. The assumption was the driver was at fault. The photo in the Bailey Telegraph, Telegraph revealed what we all know in the industry to be true and what Senator Stirl has advocated for many years. Truckies are not always to blame for every incident on our roads. Additionally, our members are pleased to hear the regret expressed by the TV journalist sitting in the vehicle in the traffic behind the truckie who acknowledged that her first reaction was to blame the truckie. As a result of this incident, Road Freight New South Wales has raised this specific issue with Transport for New South Wales and the task force with the following points. One, that this specific incident formed part of the overheight task force report going to the roads minister. And two, that new technologies to help eradicate this sort of false positive, i.e. birds triggering sensors, will be rolled out by Transport for New South Wales in the future. And point three, that the truckie in this instance has suffered a financial loss as a result of missing his uh, Port Botany slot. I'm assuming it was Port Botany, so is uh, yeah. Simon. Uh, looking uh, Booking because he had to wait for New South Wales Police and was then redirected. The truckie should write to the chairwoman of the overhead task force setting out his financial loss, circumstances, and also the abuse he received from my vehicle drivers. Although I understand this specific may not be a member of Road Freight New South Wales, I am happy to assist him in communicating with the overhead task force chairwoman Sally Webb, setting out the financial loss he has missed for, uh, he suffered for missing his port uh, booking as a result of this pigeon and I expect, although he doesn't state here, these are my words, I expect that potentially uh, compensating you for that loss um, and he apologises for being unable to attend in person. So that's uh, Simon O'Hara, the CEO of Road Freight New South Wales. Thanks very much yeah. Simon for, for getting back to us and I think that if you wanted to pursue that a little bit further I'm more than happy to uh, Introduce you to Simon, and you can uh, you can you can get some help from him if you want. So oh, I think I think we just wait and see what comes of it in the next week or so regarding all the photos of the logbook they took and see what happens mm. before I. Mm. Uh, if they can just maybe have a look at it purely for the next person, they don't have to do this. Like it can be like an update or change the system slightly, give a bit more back to the commander that's there straight away to help the next person because it won't be the first the last time it happens you know like well I'm the reality sure. of it is that there's three sensors going into that tunnel you set off one yeah. out of three that's What's what so... I said I said I, I don't see why they couldn't quickly look at the footage and they could see where I was parked like they could see on the camera it's not yeah. as I said it didn't even look close I got it if it looked close you got to get there and double check it it was it's blatantly obvious how far away the container was from the roof 
So, yeah, yep, I, I, this is stuff I point out. And as I said, the commander was quite upfront going, yep, it needs to be, we need to probably have it changed again. But he said, at the moment, my hands are tied. He said, I have used to the other days, I'd come and measure it and clear it and make the call whether if it was closed, I'd send you over the tunnel. If it was under, you know, you can continue on your way. Like in your case, I said I could. You could walk down the road and see it was under. So it but seems the, quite obvious that we have enough technology and the images are clear enough that we've identified this as a pigeon. Yeah, so, said, so it's not they, just they a bird straight away. It's yeah, not just they, a bird; it's a pigeon. Is that what they're saying? <laughs> so, sorry, I don't mean to get get really down. The ornithologists in here, right? But if we can tell that it's a pigeon. Not a crow or a magpie. Yeah. It, and I'm mm-hmm. sorry, is this what we're saying or, or don't we really? Yeah, no, no, we are. That's right. what we're saying. Right. Right. So we can identify it's actually a pigeon. Then yep. you can pretty well identify that a container sitting on a drop deck is not over height. No. Even if it's a high cube container, it's not over height. Yeah. Mate, in the video footage you can see, even on all yep. the things people said, you see the white truck go through and the containers are rusty brown colour, so it's not even... The colours are mile apart. There's no chance of missing the pan, for example, to the truck, thinking, oh, it looks, it sits quite obviously. The bird is quite happily flying between the container and the roof. Easy. Mm. Yeah, well. And all that would have been I, watched uh, within minutes of them closing the tunnel. Yeah, imagine. yeah. That's what I said. In that first 10 minutes, by the time the guy walked down, he could have walked down with the radio. They would have had time to look at the footage, and then he could have just gone, we're just having a look. Yeah, no, sorry, it's a bird. And give it, and you'll be going in a minute. Cool, no worries, thank you. And he could have walked back off the road safely, and the green lights would have come back on, and the traffic could have continued on its way, and we would have been ten minutes of our, fifteen minutes of our life lost. Not mm, my case, an hour or something, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, like you're not bothered then. As I said, I don't dare think. I'm glad the sensors are there. If it helps people make, don't stuff up. We don't need a someone piling well, on a bridge, but. This whole thing relates to several aspects of the way we manage traffic in, in this in New South Wales. We've got this obvious dumber than dumber rule. So you know we, we, we we've got to make make everything so safe that even an actual dumbest clown can have yes. the least risk of injury. Um, the the reality is for me that we have situations where when incidents happen. The amount of disruption to people's lives is one of the last considerations in whatever happens. The police are unwilling to move things. Um, they are unwilling to even be remotely negotiable. We, 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 we don't have any standard operating procedures. I, I mentioned to Jenny Atkinson when I interviewed her several months ago that going north on the, on the M1... Uh, on the uh, Newcastle Highway, is it the M1? Mm. Yeah, M1. Yeah, I, I think it's the M1. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. Going up, going up uh, the other side of the of the bridge there. Um, there's 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 an accident or an incident up there every bloody holiday weekend, and the traffic just is just insane. But we can't immediately do a contraflow and keep the traffic moving. Everything just blocks up. It's just stupid. Common sense has gone out the window. Mm. You know, if you divert someone around a contraflow, for example, then, you know, you've got to basically treat it like a two-way road. It's not hard. 
You wouldn't it's think so. It's not rocket science. But it's, we can't seem to do that, and it's the same with this incident here in the tunnel. Common sense, the power to do things and make a reasonable decision has been taken away to this bloke, obviously by the policy that's in place. That policy has been put in place by someone that doesn't have to suck up the cock up, right? And we end up with a situation now where people's lives are disrupted. What happens if you want to go to the toilet? What happens if you need your insulin? What happens yep. if you've got an important appointment? What happens if you, you know, what happens if you're in the truck and, you, and your logbook runs out of hours, your electronic logbook, because you're stuck in a traffic jam because of this bullshit? Mm. You know, the disruption of people's lives is the last consideration. I think that that's the, the fundamental problem. And then to have John Graham laugh about it and say, well, we'll let the bird off with a warning. Um, not good enough, John Graham. Not good enough. But, um, if, if the comments had been then that, you know, they're going to let the, the, the driver off with a warning or, well, I don't Well, actually, well, I don't even know. No. Why is he ever should, getting a warning? Well, He's sorry. done nothing wrong. Well, sorry. Uh, as I said, I, I think hope, yeah, Well, as I said, hopefully... If they learn by it and then make a change and go, we've got to give a bit more power back to the commander, for example, who's on the scene early. I know that he was talking about that. I mean, talking about having, say, a higher patrol park. But I said, it wouldn't matter. I said, because there's no way they would have seen me coming down the road and gone, mm -hmm. it's over height. So it would, mm -hmm. my situation was never going to change. The bird just took off at the wrong time. So... Mm -hmm. You know, it could have taken off at that time above a car, maybe, but obviously, maybe there's two sensors. But as I said, but it should have been quick enough for him to review in the command centre because of all the other sensors didn't go off and go on exactly that. Hang on, this has been a stuff up, you know, green yeah, light well. back on, let it let it go through, and then traffic keeps exactly. Then said, they're all just stuck with their hands tied. Oh no, once the that red light's going on and it's an overheight thing. It starts the chain of events that they all said to me, two people from the Harbour Bridge said, we can't stop the chain of events now. It's just, we've just got to follow the, the system and move all the cars and back you all the way up the road to put you in that holding bay for something that was so under height. But, you know, that's not their fault. Well, but there, someone there, now there, needs there, to there, go, let's change this policy a little bit. Yeah. Oh, it's There's a problem it's... there all on its own. You haven't even got an escape route where you are. Mm. You've got to go back nuts. Yeah, they need to and... think that, well, that's right. The last sensor should be before the holding bay or they should put a holding somewhere that you can view. Yeah, anyway, because what do I know? But even if, <laughs> even, if, even if you did set the first sensor off, right, and you're driving down there, you weren't aware of what your height was, for example, um, and you set the first sensor off, you go, oh, I'm on height. Over high, I better go over the bridge instead of through the tunnel. Um, it's all it's all punitive. It's not educational. Everything that, that the everything that seems to happen these days is punitive and punishment related. We don't seem as though we want to educate. Now, like I said when I had a big rant about this in the recorded podcast, we've talked to, to Paul Salvati about the difference in the attitude of the NHVR compared to the Highway Patrol, and in fact, all the Highway Patrol Police Australia-wide um, with respect to the enforcement of road uh, road transport and the heavy vehicle national law. And the attitude that the NHBR one has to admit, I'm not defending the NHBR here by any stretch of the imagination. 
but we're not seeing bullshit fines written by the NHBR as much anymore. And in fact, Paul Salvati said to me, and he said in public, he said out loud, that if anyone can show me a fine that's a bullshit fine, then I'll look at it and we'll deal with it because it won't happen under his watch. Mm. That's what he said. And I believe that commitment. I've yet to see the fine that's a bullshit fine, like a date or something like that. People talk about it, but I've not seen one. Not written by the NHPR. Highway Patrol, of course, is an entirely different story. The bastardry of the Highway Patrol and the way we get treated as drivers, to me, I find horrifying. They don't even well, want to it, it, it was. It was interesting because that's what the commander did say to me. It was a bit, it was a bit of an eye because he honestly thought that they would have pulled up and I'd have been out of there in thirty seconds. And he watched it unfold and went, "Well, it surprised me." I said, "Well, probably good for you to see the other side of the fence." And I said, "But mm. you know, this is sometimes what we have to go through." And you wonder why we're not getting the calibre of drivers anymore because who wants to suggest someone to do this industry? Yeah. It's not. So there's, um, they did, did take. Uh, pictures of your logbook and things like that, but at this point, yeah. you, you haven't received any infringements no. at all. No, well, it was only the other day when was that? So mm. last week. So they turn up in the mail now. It's the old saying: you ask them what they're going to do, and they go, "It'll come in the mail." But if we don't fill our logbook out correctly, we get fined if they don't know what the fine's going to be. Mm. Well, and they're supposed to know their job. So, yeah. well, it's an interesting one if if you do. Um, certainly, it's something for us to talk about because it's it. it in the a problem way, is if it's not the law book. Related, will, yeah, nah, the law book will be. They'll just go. It's it's law book related. It's got nothing to do with the bridge. So, mm. yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, the, the thing about it is if you've made a mistake in your law book, for example, uh, there was suggested to me that you hadn't filled a date out in a series of pages or something. And I did um, point out to them that a day before was Monday, whatever it was, and the day after was Wednesday, and I had. Crossed the wedding the Tuesday and didn't write the date, and I said, "Like, why don't you just have a warning stamp and make mm. you fill it in while you're sitting there? Like, it's not life-threatening. It's like when they say you don't sign a page. I, I'm, I know we need rules, but the little things would go a lot further if someone had high patrol now and had a warning stamp. You'd get more respect by someone going, dude, you haven't signed that page, but the rest of it's fine. Mm. Sign it for me.'" Now in front yeah, of me, or well, make sure you sign it. Like, there's a way around things, but it doesn't seem to happen. And then it just seems to get everybody down, and then people just go, oh, "I just don't do it anymore." Mm. Mm. But it's a direction it's that making, comes from the top as well. It's not just. Um, but it is. But they also make the joke: the high patrol guy, high patrol guy, exact word. Goes, oh, don't worry. There's no points. But like that helps me. I said, the only reason you don't have points on log books is within 12 months, this country would come to a standstill. <laughs> If yeah. you had points yeah. on a logbook, no offence. If you were knocking off points for dates and signatures, there would be no drivers. Like, I don't see how I can have 13 points for three and a half years and do 180,000 Ks a year and expect mm. to keep it. Like, everyone battles the whole time. Like, mm. the, the point system doesn't justify the amount of kilometres you do. Like, we need the point system. I don't disagree, but we used to... You get them back in two well, years, it's well, now three and a half, and... In that time, I've done another nearly two hundred and something thousand. Mm. So, well, one of the things we've always discussed here, and it's a bit of tongue in cheek, is about the fact that if all these stuffs, all these fatigue laws are so great, and that you can be fined for not filling out a document correctly, 
which is basically what it is. Yeah. Um, there's no intent. If you don't fill out the date correctly or, or whatever, some of these things, if there's no intent of breaking the law, then why are you getting fined for it? So I we, we have put up this proposal, as a, again, tongue-in-cheek, that everybody in the country comes uh, under the same ruling. So if you work oh. anywhere and you make a mistake in anything that you do, that you can cop a great big blister for it. I, I actually welcome no, no. I welcome any government to bring that in because I'll tell you what, it'll be the shortest-lived government that's ever ever been in this country. Like, we all know as drivers how ridiculous it is and, and the things that people can get fined for. So I, I think the only way to, for the, the general public to understand what it's like is to actually cop one of these things themselves because otherwise they just don't. You, you don't know what you don't know. Oh. So, no. you know, bring it in. Bring it in, all in on everybody, you know. Sorry sorry, all you doctors that might be there saving lives. Sorry if you work more than 12 hours. Put your tools well, I just imagine, mate, when I was, when I was a registered nurse uh, standing in an operating theatre when we were doing, you know, abdominal surgery on someone, I mean, how would it be if we just, you know, at five and a half hours, and, oh, that's it, tools down, we're going to have a half hour break now. Mm. Yeah, that's right. What do you reckon? But it's the same. How, how, it's how the same. Happen? Exactly. It's just. What about little Jimmy working in the fish and chip shop? For, oh, you've just you've worked yeah. more than five hours, and someone yeah. walks in and gives him a blister for three hundred and seventy-eight dollars because you've worked fifteen yeah. minutes over. Like, you know, fair's fair. Why not? Why not put it to everybody? Mm. Anyway, we can we, we can go on with the hypotheticals, but the reality yeah. of it is, we've got a situation here where. You know, we've got a clear-cut case of another incident where uh, the knee-jerk reactions and the policies don't max up with common sense or reality, and something needs to happen to change it. Mm. And, uh, you know, I I struggle with these things the way they are. This really does crumb my cookies. I'm glad yeah, I'm not you because I reckon I'd have lost my shit. I really well, would have. The problem is, is that, I felt like that, but then I also realised I'm standing out in the public. So if you are trying to be responsible and turn it around the public image, like mm. I've just bit my tongue. I got frustrated. And I said it. I said, when I left there, you would have heard the excluders in the truck as I was driving and cursing the world, <laughs> and just I'm over this industry. But the bigger picture was, as I said, like maybe because it, it's been televised and things that at least they'll review the procedure now and maybe put a little bit of a loophole in to, to help for the next time, which, you know what, if that happens, that's probably my paying someone else's benefit, that's fine. So it's got to work that way in life. Mm. So as long as it is looked at, which supposedly the people said they were going to make suggestions about it, and I'm hoping it does just for the next time for everybody, for the mm. traffic as well as the truck driver, it doesn't go through what I went. They mm. can just do a quick... There needs to be a quick roll-on effect. Yeah. If it's well, a black can, and white, can, as I can. said. If it... But some of the message here could be the fact, too, that, you know, don't don't always look at something and perceive there's a situation that isn't what it is. Like, as you say, people are blaming you or blaming the truck driver for mm. holding up all the traffic when, in fact, it was a pigeon. So yeah, well, things well, aren't, come things out aren't always as they appear. No, they aren't. Don't judge that. That's right. But when you're in traffic, the first thing people see is our trucks because they're just naturally big. 
And the first instance is, well, what have we done now? Well, the idiots, like, as that lady said, I was cursing the truck driver and then I saw the footage and went, I probably owe you an apology and there's probably lots of people in the same, which is fine. So hopefully the transport minister can look at this and go, in that case, we probably need to change the system a little bit, you know, and the lights of the Ray Hadleys that carry on can also see the other problem when it's something simple, but it is just the birds caused it. There needs to be a bit of give in the rule. Mm. So the person that's there on the scene, that's his job as well to go, listen, boys, I'm here now. This is a complete stuff up. I just quickly put the stick on it to just finish the facts. Five minutes, bang, open the bridge. See you later. Take and a photo. Yeah, and maybe all that happens before the media are um, of course it is. contacted that's, that's, about that. Like everyone, as I said, every man, I, I, I'm not in the social, but I said, but it was funny by the time people it was on TikTok and this and that. But maybe that's a good thing because someone has maybe let the cat out of the bag to actually help the truck driver for a change, to actually let people realise that night in the news that that stupid truck, it wasn't a stupid truck, it was just an unlucky incident mm. with a bird, orders all to a grinding halt. So how do we fix it next time? Mm. Like you said, they should probably modify the, the lanes. You don't have to back all the way up. Obviously change where yeah. the sensors are or something. Have the last red light or the boom gate way earlier than where it is. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, there. We're all three gone together there. Nah. Sorry, go on, Greg. No, Th- thankfully you, you weren't in a B double. Especially <laughs> the publicity over that if you're actually a B double. Oh, well, no. I don't even reckon the holding bay area is actually long enough to put the double in. <laughs> yeah. So, but the the thing that amuses me about all this, you know, we can get the fourth umpire on at the cricket, or we can get the uh, video review with the video yeah. review with a try. But we can't get the video review <laughs> to get things but moving. They, they, they could have moved it. They could have looked at it straight away and gone. Mm. Someone upstairs called it and gone. I've got the truck. It looks like I can see the containers. Oh yeah, these ticks off. Yeah, let's let it go. No. Uh, all right. Well, we've got we've got forty five minutes left to go. If anyone wants to call in on oh four nine one eight two five six double three and sort of chime in on their thoughts about this, I'm happy to hear the. Hear the call. Mm. Um, we just want to keep it keep it short, though, and keep it to the point. If you want to, oh four nine one eight two five six double three. Thanks for uh, coming on the show, Driver A. No worries. And and uh, and telling us your story, mate. I uh, hope you you get through it. I hope you don't get a fine in the mail. Mm. But if I'll, you I'll do, you know. please let us know. Please let yeah, us know. I'll, You've I'll, got my number. For sure. I'll keep in the phone. And uh, because to me, to me, we do need to uh, to improve the way we're treated. The only way we can do that is by highlighting the things that happen. And yeah. um, I think that one of the roles that we have here and what we do is to tell the story. And uh, and you know we do have access to some of these some of these people in these roles. I know that. Uh, your case may be something that comes up next Saturday at you know, conference in Sheridan. Well, you never, um, know. You never know. You, you never know. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed that uh, John Graham didn't get back to me. He did give me his first interview after he was elected. Um, but then again, he didn't have to answer any tough questions then either. Mm. So, you got it, yeah. mate. May you benefit of the doubt he may mean something. He may get in touch with you. Mm. Um, 
Maybe, uh, maybe you deserve a warning, mate. Maybe you get off. Maybe you get off as easy as a pigeon. That'd be nice. <laughs> well, as I said, I, I'm not going to hold my breath yet. We'll just see what happens. Yeah. And with the oh, general luck that I have, it'll be in the mail when I get out. <laughs> just to say that you are you're an owner driver, aren't you? Yeah, owner driver. Yes. And you, uh, you know, you're a small businessman. You work your work your butt off. I've got no doubt because I know I used to when I was an owner driver. Yeah, and uh, would be different if you were taking the piss and saying that you're in, you know, Toowoomba when you're in Tamworth or something like that. But you know, yeah. you're not. You're just out there doing the job, and you're just caught in the middle of some stupidity. No, yeah, I feel your pain. As I said, it could have been handled way easier. And I said, I got yeah. no problem with the safety ideas. They probably just need to change procedure a little bit, and it'd be better for everybody, including the general public. Mm. So, yeah, on such a busy road, especially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, All those right. lives inconvenience for nothing. Thanks yeah. for your time, mate. Anyway, take no care. No worries. Thanks, boys. Bye. Keep Thanks in touch. Stay Thank safe. You. We'll talk to you soon. See Thank you, guys. Right bye. bye. There you go, mate. What do you reckon, Craig? Well, there you go. What do you reckon? It's quite simple, mate. If you're driving down the freeway <laughs> near a tunnel, don't stir up the pigeons. Don't stir up the pigeons. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, see, I mean, you'd have, you'd have every right to think, "Oh, it's not me," and just keep trucking. No, oh, you would, yeah. But you see a red light in a tunnel, you know. I mean, you know, see a red light in a tunnel. Why would you go in? It could be on fire. Oh no, no, that's right. I mean, I, he's done the right thing. There's no doubt about yeah. that. I'm, but, I'm, but the I'm pure, not... yeah, the. the the pure stupidity of some of the policies and procedures that um, that people need to follow, and I do believe there's been a fair a fair uh, blow up of of these incidences on on the media, so that you know the government's probably been forced to be very strict, so that you know we don't we don't well, have these things hitting tunnels. But again, this case yeah. was very clear, and it could have been resolved in minutes. Um, yes. So, anyway, there's probably some talk that we can have with John Graham's office and and things like that to to maybe reverse some of these a little bit. So, but anyway, well, this needs to be just needs to be dialed back just a touch, mm. just to give the you know give a so-called supervisor on the ground yeah. the power to keep the things moving. I, I I struggle to understand with why that power was ever removed. Oh. I, well, I mean, I would say yeah. it's because of, of of pressure from the media about you know about making sure that anyone that goes through a tunnel over height is well and truly reprimanded, and not only by you know maybe deregistering their truck, but by some public humiliation as well, and forcing the fact that the media needs to be notified as soon as yeah. it happens. So they'd be saying well, that so we can help divert the traffic, but it's not as to help blow up the fact that a truck may have entered a tunnel. Anyway, we all know that, you know, mistakes can happen too, so people shouldn't be crucified over mistakes. Well, um, you know, this is this is the sort of thing that, that, that we, we, we don't understand why these things happen, uh, and as I said, the disruption of people's lives, but to me the ultimate insult, the ultimate insult, we had to divert him over the bridge and escort him over the bridge mm. rather than let him go through the tunnel when he's clearly, clearly done nothing wrong. That's right, yeah. Um, punished, punished. Even though you've done nothing wrong, we will still punish you. Mm. And to me, you know, that is the sort of stuff 
than in, a, in, a, in what we're supposed to be a free country. We really are. But that's just authoritarian bullshit, in mm. my opinion. Can There's be. no other way to describe it. Mm. Let's go to a song, mate. Decide what we're going to do for the last 40 minutes of the show. Righto, mate. Well, I'll go to an old favourite of mine because, again, got no suggestions from you, but this old Luke Coleman. I got suggestions for you. You told me you didn't care. Remember? No. I said, no, no, no. Jeez. <laughs> You're a sensitive little bugger sometimes, aren't you? I am. I am. I am. What, from all them people that say that Mike Williams doesn't have a heart, oh, <laughs> here, we, here we go. He's, he's deeply offended by me saying I don't listen. Well, I do listen, but you, you still got to send them in. If I like it, I'll play it. Simple as that. All right. That's good. Excellent. Lovely work. Thank anyway, you. Luke Coombs, B never broke my heart, and that is the truth.
Well, there you go, Mike. Nice you never broke oh. my heart. No, never break my heart either. It did make me feel a bit ill though a few times. Mm, I've had a couple of those instances <clears throat> as well. Mm. Anyway, moving but, on, moving on for the, through the night. Yeah. So, have you got something that you particularly want to discuss, or? Well. I will go back to this one little thing here because I have actually noticed some more ticket sales on the conference for the National Road Freighters Association. So while we've been oh, talking yeah. tonight, there have been two sales for just day tickets to the conference. So oh, yeah, people right. in the area still want to turn up. There's still a few available for that to turn up on the day and, yeah, come and see what we're all about. Mark, safe from being harassed by the Oz trucker while you're there. Because I won't be there. You won't be there? No. Mm. Mark, safe from being harassed by me. Yeah. So, there probably will be... Be a safe space for politicians. Yeah. There probably will be tears shed by some that you're not there. Oh, I doubt it. I was being nice. I know. I know. Ah. I'm interested to see who's going to win the awards this year. There. Well, I'm oh, yeah. I'm seeing the event with Yogi, so we'll probably just give them to ourselves. Yep, yep, yep. yep just yep, to save yep, anybody yep. else having to worry about getting up and doing anything on the day. Yeah, mm. I'm I'm a bit disappointed and I miss out on the auction too because that's uh, that's generally always a lot of fun. Yeah. Have we got, have we got any have we got any indication of the sort of stuff that's been offered in the auction? Is there a pair of thongs or something like that? Um, actually, we we do. Oh, we're just going through the cupboard here today, picking out what, what we're putting together. But so yeah. from our, you know, from on the road uh, media here, steering the future, we've we've put a few packages together with a few hats and magazines yeah. and things. So there's some lucky door prizes there from us, but um, there's some from Kenworth. I think Maxi Parts have put some things together. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know where Colette is. I thought she'd be down here talking about it. But, no, there is some good auction items to go. Um, yep. Yeah, so we might have to offer a media package as well, Mike. Well, you can do that if you want to. We did it last time. We've got the NHPR to shell out for a mm. few bucks to do a, media, a little bit of a media campaign because that turns into some other stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, the, the, the fact is that the uh, – I mean – People have said to me, oh, you know, your radio show is becoming a vehicle to the NRFA. I, look, I don't know. The reality of it is we've got to support something. Mm. I support the I support the TWU. I don't wear their T-shirts. Um, and I don't pay membership fees. I'm not a member. Mm. But I support what they do. I support, the, I support the fact that the TWU and the NRFA are walking in the same direction on the things that they can, they can work with together. And go on their own way on the things that they can't. I support the fact that the ATA have got a position now where they never ever did in the past about some things. You know, the, the reality of it is we can support some things. What I believe, and I'm going to state this like personally from my heart, anyone that knows me will tell you I really don't care what people think too much. What I do care about is that they do think. Not what they think. But that they do, mm. right? That they weigh up what's going on around them and make their mind up how they feel about it and how they want to act about it. And 
how they want to deal with things. Yeah. And so, in order to in order to find out what it is that's going on, then you need to somehow or another expose yourself to what's going on. And to me, the conference has been put together this weekend, coming on Saturday by the NRFA at Shepparton, is one of the best opportunities that you're going to get as a driver, as an owner driver, particularly, or as a small fleet operator, to get there and be in the same room with the people that make the decisions and have your voice heard. Mm. You don't get it at some of the other conferences unless you're a paid-up member of the, of the organisation you don't get the opportunity. And even if you do, you might only get a few seconds to, to get your point across. Mm. The reality of it is is that the NRFA isn't run in the same way, um, and uh, I will say that. Now, to say that the radio station is a vehicle for the NRFA, well, without putting too fine a point on it, the NRFA offers us some, some stuff. The ads that Rod did, for example which makes sense, and I would run them no matter who put them out. Mm. You know? That's right. I will say that I'll say to any other trucking organisation in the country, if you're a member of the ATA, with the ATA, if you're a member of Nat Road, QTA, any of the other ones we've offered space in Truck and Life magazine to every single industry body, if your industry body isn't represented in Truck and Life magazine in the industry view section at the back, ring them up and ask them why. That's right. Not that there's no opportunity. I've given it to them free of charge. Well, right? It's the there's same no with, charge. with the radio. Um, any one of them has opportunity to come on here and talk. The reason that yep. we talk about the NRFA is is because we are are involved, and and that's there's a reason why I chose to be part of the NRFA because I believe it sat in the middle and was to be able to listen to both sides and then project that forward in, mm. in some legislative change. So that's where we do sit. But on the road media here, in everything we do, we we have never said to anybody, we don't want you on the radio or, we, you know, you can't advertise or you can't do this. So <clears throat> like you said, Mike, you've offered everybody a spot in Truck and Life for free. Yep. So yep. if, if your association hasn't written something down and sent it to us and it's completely unedited, it's just put in as, as they want to and it's free. And so, it's free. So there you go. And they all have the opportunity so to, to come on the radio and do exactly the same thing. Um, and I believe at the moment we are we are all talking on a very similar level. So well, there's, there, there's some um, things going on in Canberra, at, like as we speak, um, they did today. They had a few rallies there about closing the loopholes. I think it's continuing tomorrow. Um, I am yet to hear anything from it. I've seen some few photos from the day, but I haven't um, haven't been involved in this one personally. I, I have been invited, but yeah, due to other commitments, I'm not there. So well, there, there is representation from most associations at, at these rallies. So. Yeah. Well, all I can say to you is that we decided to offer the position, those bits of space in the in the magazine in the industry section, because our belief is that the nothing happens till someone pays model is broken. Mm. Right. We, I really believe that it's broken. Yeah. We we wanted to offer an opportunity for industry bodies to have a say and to put their position. 
and we wanted to offer the opportunity for the people that read the magazine or listen to our radio show or listen to the podcast to hear what is being said by the industry bodies. It, and it's the, only, the only way to do that is we can bring everything together. We can bring everyone together so that they can talk. Now, people have said to me, Mick, you're deluding yourself. Mick, it's a bit corny. You know, what are you, some sort of a bloody matchmaker or whatever? None of the above, in my opinion. Mm. You know, I believe in the opportunity to get people out there and and get them together so that they can discuss things. And the reality is, you know, you go to the conference, and the best part of the conference is the conversations that you can stand, you can have, sitting around the table at the dinner, having a beer. Mm. You know, when you discover that these people that are making these decisions are no different to the rest of us. Yeah. They just make decisions based on what they know and the facts that are presented to them. And if, if they only get one set of facts from one, one arm of the problem, then they don't have much to base their decision on. It's if you're silent, if you're silent, if you don't participate, don't complain when it doesn't go your way. Do you know, you know? I, I wish sometimes that the people who have enough energy to write a letter to me or you explaining to us how wrong we are or how what we've done or how we're, you know, obviously we're being paid by this person to say this or, you know, all that. And we do. We see them. We see them. We share them all the time. And, you know, I, I sometimes wish they could see how much we oh, laugh in the background about a few of these things, but if, oh, if they paid, if they spent as much time writing those letters to yeah. their local members or to, to the transport minister or something like that, like why can't you send that to the transport minister? Why are you going to send it to us? Yeah, like call, call me every name under the sun or what you think I do or what I represent. I, I really couldn't give a rat's ass. I really don't. If, if you have an opinion, send it to someone who might be able to actually do something with it. Like, yeah. You know? So there you go. Well, there's been a bit of a vigil held in Canberra. Mm. Senator Tony Sheldon has addressed the media pack there. Yep. Um, a transport industry delegation holding a vigil on the lawns of Parliament House. Remember, 235 people who have lost their lives in transport-related incidents in 2023, yep. including 54 truck drivers and four transport gig workers. So I saw some photos very early this morning about the um, there were some shirts and that left on the on the on the lawns of Parliament House there to mm. to actually show that. Like I think there was white ones for members of the yep. public and and high vis for. Yeah, people in the transport industry that have lost their lives. So, yeah, you know, it's something. And and what frustrates me is when you watch the six o'clock news, that's not what's sitting there. It's some yeah. other crap about who which staff from Maths, um, <laughs> told someone that they had a boyfriend or girlfriend before they went on the show. Like, really, who gives a shit when we've got people that actually lose their lives? Out there because mm. of bad policy. So, yeah. But anyway, they're having, they are doing some great things here at Parliament House. So, again, Mike, 
tomorrow, I'll, I'll guarantee we'll get an email from someone yeah. Yeah. with some misguided direction um, yeah. and want to consume our time of reading yeah. their crap. When I get, I get, I get a couple every week. Yeah, where they could send that to, yeah. send it to Jackie Lambie. She's the one that's putting That'd up. That'd be good. Putting up some walls here. Um, David mm. Pocock, send it to him. Don't even yeah. want to vote on it because it's not important to him. So if you have a look at what is it, two hundred and fifty-four lives or something? Yeah. Well, I tried to get a an interview with David Pocock, and his response to me via one of his flunkies in his office was that it wasn't an issue that was front of mind for him. Mm. So There you go. That's how David Pocock feels about us. So does all those shirts on the lawn of Parliament House, How does where does that sit with him now? Oh, well, I've got no idea where it sits. Where does anything sit with a clown like him? Well, he lives in um, Canberra. He's a senator for Canberra. Yeah, so he is a maybe senator drive past it and just have a bit of a look and say, right, oh, there's a few lives lost here. Maybe there's, you know... Maybe well, they're harping on about something here that might have some value. Since 2016, the TWU has said that there have been 1,496 people lost their lives in truck crashes in Australia. Yep. That means that at least one person every other day has That's lost right. their life in a heavy vehicle accident. Yeah. That's not necessarily truck drivers. It's, it's, it's everyone else as well. Mm. And we all know, we all know more than 80% of the accidents, heavy vehicle-involved accidents, uh, are not the fault of the heavy vehicle. We all know that. But it doesn't change the fact that there's 1,496 people who are no longer with us because of it, and therefore all their families, all their friends, children, relatives, etc., have suffered that loss mm. when, when we could do something about it. Now, you know, everyone says, oh, we've got to do something. Oh, we've got to do this. Oh, we've got to do that. And then we carry on about the, the knee-jerk reactions like the Harbour Bridge, and we carry on about the, the rules and all that sort of thing. There has to be rules. Mm. There has to be lines in the sand. We live in it. We are a country of laws. The reason why we have laws is to sort of corral people a little bit and sort of make them do the right thing. Some of the laws are a little bit nonsensical and those that are nonsensical we probably should try and change but you know the reality is for all of us out there that uh, there are some things that are happening that don't make a lot of sense we do need to talk about it uh, the reforms that we need in the industry uh, have been addressed by what was a three-year senate inquiry yeah that's right it was it was endorsed by senate by transport workers I personally made a submission to that inquiry. Mm. There, there's been uh, major transport clients, employer groups, owner-driver associations, academics, and they're all about enforcing safer and more sustainable standards that'll save the lives of uh, save lives of businesses. Michael Kane, I'm quoting Michael Kane when I say that. Mm. Now, Michael Kane and I have spoken on our show a couple of times, and look, I'll make I'll make. No bones about it. There are some things that the TWU stand for that I don't agree with. But the reality is, for me, we all need to, in this industry, stand on the same side of the fence and look at the reforms that need to be made and work together towards them. Because at the end of the day, we will all benefit if we use our voice. We can't do Razorback anymore. No. We can't do any of that stuff. 
But what we can do is we can use our voice and we can use our lobby groups. Our lobby groups are our associations. The ATA, you know, and all the state associations, NRFA, GTA, Western Roads Federation, you know, LBRCA, all these other groups, all these other acronyms that you can think of, and there's a heap of them. You've got to be a member. And do you know on 90% of the issues, we actually all stand firm. We all agree. And, and what That's happens right. is on 10% of the issues, which are is, is just relevant to different sectors of the industry and what they want. Um, yep. That, you know, you don't agree. So what happens is any anybody that, that wants to find somewhere to stick a knife in and split, split the whole sector up, They'll find that very quickly. And if you're looking for anybody, you know, a, a retailer's association will be. If, if you listen to this transport mob, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to cost you a fortune and the, the cost of living is going to go up so much if they get their way. Well, you know, the simple answer to that is just, it's just bullshit. It's not true. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the money's already there. The people in the middle, the people around it, uh, big corporations are are making the money. It won't make any difference if transport went up and if, if transport went up by thirty percent in the supermarket, you're still not going to pay any more because it's going to come to a point where the consumer just will not pay any more. So that, they'll absorb it, but the. The amount of profit that they make compared to a transport company is is a hundredfold. It's just ridiculous. So, you know, it's it's not it's not the, the money in the game is not the problem. It's just what's distributed out there. And what well, I there's plenty of money in the game. Yeah. And what I can't believe over the years is that the lobby groups against whether transport companies should actually be able to operate on a safe and viable level. Is they're saying that that um, the amount of compensation paid to a transport company has nothing to do with safety. Now, what raving lunatic is out there saying that is beyond me. Well, actually, it's not. It is a retail association that's saying that. Um, and I'll even say this: that, that part of those retail associations um, have influence that came from trucking associations so yeah. they, they know where it is but they still you know they want to act differently when when they change their suit for the day but yeah the the whole industry needs to be safe and viable mm. and at the current levels of compensation paid to transport companies it's just not not there so well. you know on the levels of, of you know I know, I know, Mike, you're a very strong advocate of hourly rate. Um, I am. I am too, although when I say that, I do know people that are on kilometre rate plus compensation for the time they spend loading and unloading. That is fair, fair and equitable, and I see it, so I don't have a problem with some of that. But I do know plenty of people that aren't paid in a fair and equitable way, and yep. one of the reasons they don't get paid at that lower level of the chain is because their employer is not getting paid fairly. And whether that's through a primary contract or a subcontract, that's, that is purely the case. So, 
you know, people don't understand that, you know, you, you stick a simple combination on the road, say now in a, in a, in a, any combination, if you just had a, a single prime mover with a refrigerator trailer, what are you looking at there, 750 grand, brand new? Mm. That, yep. that bloke deserves to make money. He's invested he a lot of money. That's more than your fish and chip shop ever forked out for their shop on the corner. Yeah, well, I'll make Len Sterlers out a little bit published. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, I wish they'd give me credit for the photo too because I took that damn photo that they continue to use and they've, imag- they've credited it to Glenn Sterl. Glenn, get them, t- give them a bit of a towel up, mate, at Prime Creative. Is it him, Tell them that, is it him hey? wearing a truck and life shirt in Parliament? Well, well we, we need to discuss that. Mm-hmm. We need to get there and towel him up a bit there. But uh, that was that photo was taken when I was up in Port Edland, mm. and I went over to the Caldex in Port Edland. Glenn and I chewed our way through a lump of meat together, and and had some chocolate milk, had a bit of a laugh. I, uh, and the photo was taken like that was because he was actually wearing inappropriate footwear. So there you go, Glenn. I'll put your weights up now, buddy. Um, mm. He's actually said. He's urged trucking to stop stop undervaluing their skills and efforts by accepting crappy kilometre rates. <laughs> he's made the plea on his Facebook page. Oh, I saw that one the other day. Yeah, Centurion pays all its drivers an hourly rate and still said he was reminded again on this trip why that's a much fairer system. He lost nearly three hours yesterday due to tyre issues. How the hell can that be planned into a kilometre rate? So I'll just say this, he says, to all the drivers out there, have a think about it. Brand new start of the year. Stop undervaluing your wages, your skills. Stop undervaluing your effort. Um, and he's 100% right. I'll mm. make men still. Now, Glenn and I you know, sit opposite uh, each other on some issues from time to time. Um, in answer to your question, Craig, yes, by all means, do that. Um we uh, we can. Sorry, are you answering my text message then? I was answering your text <laughs> message. I said, "Boy, I'm willing to do that." Right. Um, I'll get me something. The, uh, well, why not? Um, I've just also had a message about the uh, about the auction. Mm. Perhaps you should stop in at the uh, at the uh, BP at Lavington on the way past. Mm. Uh, they sell nine up slippers in there, mate. Nine up slippers. Uh, they do. Yeah. You can slip in there and buy a couple of pairs of nine o slippers and put them in the auction for you. Who's going to do that? Uh, uh, you should do that on your way through. Oh, hang just, on. So just... I should go in there and buy them myself. That's right. Right. <laughs> on behalf of on behalf of, of uh, on the road media. Right. So who texts that in what? just so I can send them a bill? <laughs> they shall remain nameless. Oh, but how apparently, con- how convenient's that. Apparently, nine-day slippers would be a good thing to have in the auction. Mm. I, I might even, I might even pay for a set of those myself. <laughs> mm. You know, you know, your best going out slippers. Your best. I've got that. You. I hope you're not going to tell me that that your nine-day slippers. I'd understand if they're no, missing no. star slippers, but not. no, no, my best going out slippers. You know the ones I'm talking about. I've seen them at Casino. I, I've seen them I, at Caroit. I've seen I, them at Warrnambool. I've seen them here I've in my own home. I've had a blowout in the left slipper, mate. I need some new ones. She needs some new treads. I do. I've had a blowout in the left in the left going out slipper. It's not pretty. Mm. 
So, well, anyway, there you go. I can't recommend where you go and get them fixed because to this point, we don't have a major tyre advertiser. Would <laughs> you like to do a recap, you reckon? Well, someone could do a retread or someone could give you a whole new set of slippers, wouldn't they? Well, there you go. I know where you can get some boots. And I'll give him a bit Some, of a plug, your all-rounder boots, because I love my all-rounder boots. Yeah. I don't know where you look them up anymore, allrounder.com.au or something, but they are good boots. Missing, missing, missing out. Yogi was going to go to Matt's, and I was going to get him to get, me to get some of those bloody alligator boots that he's got, but he's not going now. Alligator boots. Yeah. Have you seen them? Well, have, you seen his, have you seen his boots that he got in America last time? Not sure. How good that is! They'll take your toes off. Yeah, well, I don't know. But anyway, he's got a pretty pretty sexy looking pair of boots. I was going to get him to get me some. I think someone in our house is using the blender, so I hope that's not coming through the radio. I can't hear it. I need to put a sign up in the kitchen, eh? You should. No, no blenders on. Well, I can't say Wednesday night because here we are on Tuesday. That's right. Tuesday. That's right. So I hope everyone's enjoying the Tuesday night. I was a bit worried people wouldn't tune in, but. The listeners oh, are the listener, there, Michael. Can you see that? Listener, yeah, the listener numbers I can see on my screen sort of suggest that people got the message. So yeah. there you go. Um, are you going to get that bloke on or what? Which bloke? Oh, I've sent the message. I can't. I don't. I don't know. It hasn't replied. He's not answering his phone. He's only got a few minutes. Mm, yeah. Lift your game. Anyway, see so we go. So, um, yeah, if you can. Hang on, on hang on, hang on. I've got another. I've got another message. I have you. Is it from Rose Archie. saying, "Shut up, Michael, no. and go to bed." No, it's not. Oh, that, although that can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Archie's do slippers. Who the hell's Archie? What well, do slippers? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So not, there you go. Not sure about who's Archie is. Maybe someone could send uh, us a picture. Yeah. But anyway, I've I've got some really nice um, woolen, like UGG boots, I suppose, but they're a little bit shorter than UGG yep. boots, so they would be more of a yep. slipper. Um, yeah, and I reckon they could nearly be classified as a 9 slipper. No, I don't think so. Sure? Yeah, I am sure. Yeah. Have you got a proper they picture? Might be a- they might be all right in the cab over when your when your steering wheel boot sort of gets a hole in it and it sort of the cold wind blows up in your cab over it. You might need. If you're maintaining your cab over properly. You'll never ever get a breeze through the floor. You you won't. No. 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 Never ever ever. You might get one through. What the else? Crack in the windscreen, but not there. <laughs> I don't know what else you got, Michael. I, I rang you earlier and said, how much stuff have you got for tonight's show? And you said, heaps. Oh, no, I had heaps. I had heaps. But, you know, the the, the, the fact is that we uh, we get through it. We burn through it probably a little bit quicker. I was hoping to make some of those stuff, that stuff last a little bit longer than it did. But anyway, right. you get that. So we did have a brief Remember? conversation about interest rates and they're on hold, apparently. Mm. So. I find it wildly, I, I find it wildly amusing that the idea that because you've got a mortgage, you should pay more for your mortgage mm. uh, to a bank, and that somehow or another affects inflation. 
if anyone can see, if anyone can ex- explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old, how the hell does that make sense? But that's... I mean, the vast, vast majority of people don't have mortgages. Hmm. Now, and the simple reality of it is, have a think about this, people. The interest rates that you're paying on your mortgage, compare that to the interest rates you're paying on the credit card. Mm-hmm. Then ask yourself where the bank's really screwing you. Mm. And what's compensating? What? So I did I did listen to some things today. They said that uh, chief economists were shocked mm. that interest shocked. rates were just put on hold. So I'd shocked. have to ask, who are these chief economists when, mm. if they're shocked, um, what, what are the real economists saying? Because, you know, I thought they would have had a better insight, eh, to, to what was going on. Yeah. So. I don't under, well, I don't understand because, you know, the reality of it is they put the, the mortgage interest rates up. Mm. The only people that make any money out of that are the banks. The only people that suffer because of that are those that don't have the money to spend, which are the mortgage holders, right? Mm. And, and the fact is... They've encouraged people. <laughs> Someone else has just sent me a text message. I'm sorry, it made me laugh. Um, the, uh, the, um, oh crap, I've lost my train of thought now. Isn't that terrible? Mm-hmm. The, um, I'm getting old. The, the only people that suffer are the people that have the mortgages. No one else suffers. No one else gives a shit. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, there's, I saw an ad down in Melbourne the other day of coming down Ballarat Road to come out onto the ring road. There's a pub there. I can't think of the name of the pub, but apparently it was a crack encountery. They've got an ad there for a palmy and a pint for 17 bucks, right? Yeah. Palmy and a pint for 17 bucks. Um, I don't know how old that ad is, <laughs> but I'm led to believe you can't even buy a pint for 17 bucks anymore. Um, what were we doing down there at... at um Warrnambool, I think that was 11 bucks. Well, I call it a schooner. They call it a glass or something, a pot. What is it down there? A pot. The big glass. It's a pint. So that was like 11 bucks. So what are you getting down there? You're getting a chicken snitty for six bucks or something? Well, no, the, 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 thing, on the, the thing at the pub there was a palmy and a pint for $17. Right, so it's a palmy, a palmy for yeah. six bucks. Jeep, yeah. and the good part about it is that there's a there's a parking bay straight over the road from the pub, and you can fit two B doubles in it. Right. So is it one of those signs that um, looks like it's a hundred years old, or it does look a little bit? It does look a little bit dated. So it's a wet, weathered. It does look a little bit weathered. Mm-hmm. Now, it's just been pointed out to me, that we would normally replay our Saturday night show on a Tuesday night. Oh, and but now we're live. And now we're live wow. on a Saturday on a Tuesday night. That's impressive that someone's paying attention, isn't it? Uh, yeah. 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 I've got oh. a message. Where's the, where's the Saturday show? Well, we're live. We're doing it live. So what do we do? Play Saturday on Wednesday and then... Tuesday on Saturday. Oh, I've got no idea. I'm confused now, dude. I really am. Normally it doesn't take a lot either, Michael, but... Oh, don't be like that. Oh. So, so 
do we have stuff we can talk about and we keep going a little bit or did you want to just sort of wrap it up we're coming up to the top of the hour well I've put a call out there for someone to to have a bit of a chat with us but I haven't responded so I believe they're probably tied up in um, a political realm tonight so yeah I I think we might play the news mate and um, wish all our, our listeners you know happy travels so on, um, obviously Saturday night this this weekend coming, um, I mean Yogi are, are heavily involved in the National Road Phrase Conference. So you know we 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 won't be around to um, to have a live show as as it goes through tomorrow night because I mean Colette will be travelling and as you all know that the whole show is produced out of this little room here in Evans Head or or when we're on the road and. But um, I don't know, mate. Do you want to give it another 20 minutes and oh. see how we go? Or are you getting tired? I'm a bit tired, mate. It's a, it's a weeknight. It's a school night for me. It's a school night for you. No, well, that might be right, eh? How about we, we'll, we'll call it a night? And, yeah. And, um, I think I've had my blood pressure raised enough tonight as it is, and, and certainly the listeners are, are probably sick of me yapping on about, about things, yeah. so... Right, eh? Perhaps. Well, perhaps we'll do that, we everybody. And if you don't um, don't hear from us on 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 Saturday night, well, you won't hear from us. But prior, you know, we'll put a few posts out there. We'll be back, but we'll definitely be back next Wednesday night. That's a big break for everyone. Isn't it? it looks like a week. Yeah, no, we'll be right. We'll we'll get some stuff in there, and uh, I've just had, as I said, we've had some fantastic feedback over the course of yesterday and today from the pre-recorded con- uh, podcast where I, I made a few comments about the, the, the nature of how the nature of what we do has changed. The show's evolved and and things are very, very different now to when we first started. Yeah. And uh, I think that I thank those, genuinely thank those who have rung me up to say, you know, we, we like the live show, we like the pre-recorded show, please keep doing it. Because I was questioning whether we should keep doing the uh, pre-recorded show or not, because it takes a lot of time to it takes a lot of time to do it to make it happen. Mm. And uh, you know, I'm I'm a full-time truck driver as well, and doing the magazine and doing this, and and uh, you know, I have a life, and Rose does pay the price sometimes for me to be down here doing this instead of that. And um, we all know that sometimes things get a little bit out of hand, so. Yeah. We do hope to have some big, big, big news in the near future, though, don't we, mate? We do, yeah. Some big stuff going on here, and um, when we get get um, yeah, brother Yogi back on the phone here as well, we might yeah might be able to push yeah, sh- yeah share some of that. But yeah, big yeah, stuff we'll happening wait. here, eh, Mike? So wait, anyway, we listeners, go, well. thanks for listening in tonight. Um, yeah, if you're only thanks, Renko. You know, coming there, yeah, Renko. Yeah. Thanks, Renko, for your support. Um, we really probably should give them a little bit more time than we do. Um, Renko, in every state, if you need a truck or a trailer or something like that, one three hundred seven three six eight two six. give them a ring. Mm. Hello, I'm Sarah good. Patterson. Some relief for mortgage holders with the Reserve Bank keeping interest rates on hold at 4.35%.